Good evening, and welcome once again to the digital campus of Newark United Pentecostal Church. The title of our study this week is The Good, the Bad, <laughs> and the Ugly. We're studying some of the lesser-known kings of Israel and Judah, and uh, these are the two nations <clears throat> that resulted from the split after the death of King Solomon. Uh, we'll be studying from Kings and Chronicles, and these books are not the official historical records of the kingdoms. Rather, they're given to us for the value of the spiritual lessons that we can derive from them. Tonight, we're looking at the reign of Uzziah, ninth king of the southern kingdom of Judah. We'll begin with a reading from the prophet Isaiah, and we're using the New Living Translation. Isaiah 6, verse 1 says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Then we go to the story of Uzziah, as reported in Second Chronicles 26, and we'll begin with verse number one. All the people of Judah had crowned Amaziah's 16-year-old son, Uzziah, as king in place of his father. After his father's death, Uzziah rebuilt the town of Elath and restored it to Judah. Uzziah was 16 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 52 years. His mother was Jechaliah from Jerusalem. He did that which was pleasing in the Lord's sight, just as his father Amaziah had done. Uzziah sought God during the days of Zechariah, who taught him to fear God. And as long as the king sought guidance from the Lord, God gave him success. The Mayonites, uh, this is verse 8, paid annual tribute to him, and his fame spread even to Egypt, for he was very powerful. Then skipping down to verse 15, and he produced machines mounted on the walls of Jerusalem, designed by experts to shoot arrows and hurl stones from the towers and the corner of the wall or corners of the wall. His fame spread far and wide, and the Lord gave him marvelous help. The, he became very powerful, but when uh, he became powerful, he also became proud, which led to his downfall. He sinned against the Lord his God by entering the sanctuary of the Lord's temple and personally burning incense on the incense altar. Azariah, the high priest, went in after him with 80, 80 other priests of the Lord, 
all brave men. Let me add there that if you're going to confront the king, it's probably a good idea to be very brave. Uh, verse 18, they confronted King Uzziah and said, it is not for you, Uzziah, to burn incense to the Lord. That is the work of the priests alone, the descendants of Aaron, who were set aside or set apart for this work. Get out of the sanctuary, for you have sinned. The Lord God will not honor you for this. Uzziah who was holding an incense burner, became furious. But as he was standing there raging at the priests before the incense altar in the Lord's temple, leprosy suddenly broke out in his forehead. And when Azariah the high priest and the other priests saw the leprosy, they rushed him out. And the king himself was eager to get out because the Lord had struck him. Now, I was a very young man when President Kennedy was shot. Even after all of these years, it's still fairly easy for me to remember the feeling of the, the national trauma that settled over us in those days. Something similar may have happened in Judah with the passing of Uzziah, as may be indicated by Isaiah's reference to the king's death when describing his special call in chapter 6 of his writings. Since Uzziah had been a monarch for 52 years, only a tiny minority of the population would have remembered a time when he was not on the throne. 52 years ago was 1969. That's the year that Richard Nixon was inaugurated as president. How many of you remember that? Losing Uzziah, no matter the length of the process, had a traumatic effect on the national psyche. Uzziah ascended to the throne at the age of 16 after the death of his father, Amaziah, as required of any national leader. Uzziah had to deal with multiple challenges, often at the same time. On the domestic front, he repaired the war damage to Jerusalem and strengthened the defenses of the country with garrisons throughout the land. He encouraged technological innovations by installing new towers and what was then modern defensive weaponry on the walls of Jerusalem. He provided for a well-trained standing army to both defend the land and to be used in subduing neighboring threats. Throughout the land, he had wells dug to provide for an abundance of cattle and massive vineyards, along with other agricultural endeavors. Uh, as the King James Version puts it, he loved husbandry. Such industriousness provided a, a strong financial basis for his undertakings on both the home front and 
in foreign affairs. His exploits in foreign policy by both diplomacy and, and in battle brought some neighboring nations into a position of subjugation and, and tribute, or they had to pay him taxes. His fame as a, as a mighty leader spread throughout the region until his power was even a matter of conversation in, in the courts of Egypt, a, a major military and agricultural industrial force in that time. The might of Judah, represented and centered in King Uzziah, was described as powerful, indeed more than once as very powerful. The foundation of his fame and power lay in Uzziah's walking in the ways of God. Uzziah is included in a subset of kings of whom it is said that they did right in the sight of the Lord. Unfortunately, Uzziah was one of that group who did not maintain that standing. We're told that he sought the Lord in the days of a man named Zechariah, who taught the king to fear God. This man, obviously not the uh, later prophet who was one of the 12 minor prophets, had a great influence for good on Uzziah's life. It appears that when this man was no longer around, Uzziah lost the balance necessary to successfully navigate the voyage through the waters of power and pride. Without the restraint of a, of a godly guide, Uzziah soon stepped beyond his calling and tried to appropriate powers that really weren't in his sphere of influence. Though it was clear in the law that the priests, the sons of Aaron, were designated to offer the temple sacrifices, Uzziah, possibly aping some of the pagan rulers around him, went into the holy place to offer incense. When Azariah and 80 other priests confronted him and rebuked his overstepping his authority, Uzziah lost his temper. The New Living Translation says he was furious and raged at the priest. But in the midst of his tirade, leprosy broke out in his forehead, and he was hustled out of the temple by the priests with now the king's own cooperation. It's uh, recorded by Josephus in his Antiquities of the Jews, Book 9, section 10 and paragraph 4, that it was at, at this moment that the great earthquake that's mentioned by both Amos and Zechariah struck Jerusalem. Since he was the, Josephus was the sole source of that bit of information, we can't solidly aver that uh, they were simultaneous. But some undetermined time later, Uzziah died and sent the nation into mourning, not only for his passing, but for the tragedy 
of a great life, a grand opportunity that was wasted on the altar of ego. So that's the story. Now, what are the lessons? I won't propose to give you an exhaustive list. There may be things that the Lord would speak to one heart while bringing in another message to somebody else from the same passage. But there are some things that we can look at for, for start. First, because of the help and the blessing of God, Uzziah's reign was blessed and he became a man of great power and influence. Throughout his world, he was known. This blessing of the Lord was built on the heart and the actions of a Uzziah in doing what was right in the sight of the Lord. Taking that path seems to have been largely influenced by a godly guide named Zechariah. And the problem was that when Zechariah was removed from the equation, it was revealed that Uzziah had not internalized all of the lessons that he had been given. As is often the case through history, along all socioeconomic scale, that power has a tendency to overflow its boundaries into areas where it doesn't belong at all. The high take advantage of the low one way or another. And the low, well, being human, they take advantage one way or another of those who are lower still. Power can attract pride like a magnet attracts iron filings. Power and pride act as a, a blindfold, not erasing limits, but making us insensible to the fact that they're still there. In the late 1980s and early 90s, there were two nationally famous television preachers who headed separate multi-million dollar ministries. Their failures shook a large portion of the religious in America and cast a shadow over multitudes of godly Christians who had, had no part in their wrongs. It seems that somewhere along the way, they contracted Uzziah's malady. No, no, not the leprosy, but the attitude that led him to the loss of his kingdom. Uzziah came to the place where in his own thinking, the rules that everyone else had to follow did not apply to him. The fact that only the descendants of Aaron could perform as priests in the temple didn't hinder his going 
into the holy place with the censer. Being rebuked by 80 men of God only touched off a fury against them that erupted in a rage for reprimanding him. He not only did wrong, he railed against those that caught him at it. As surely as Saul lost his kingdom in the aftermath of his failures to repent, Uzziah was immediately judged and sentenced in heaven's court. Tragically, when he was beyond changing anything, Uzziah began to cooperate with the priests in getting out of the temple. From fury to fear was but the journey of a moment, but it was too little, too late. Sadly, some things, once lost, can never be fully recovered. The emotional impact of Uzziah's sickness and death was a, a mighty blow to the hearts and minds of the nation of Judah. Surely there's a heart-wrenching story behind the words of Isaiah 6 and 1. In the year that King Uzziah died. We can only guess at, at the association that the prophet and the king may have shared. We can but assume the, the depths of sorrow that racked the heart of the man of God as he looked upon the spiritual wreckage left in the wake of one who had been so very powerful and a mighty influence for good politically, economically, and religiously for so long. One indicator of the close bonds, and at least on Isaiah's side, was the fact and the notice in Second Chronicles 26, verse 22, that Isaiah wrote a biography of King Uzziah. When I was a boy, the adults had a saying to describe someone who exceeded his limits. <laughs> Said he's getting too big for his britches. Unfortunately, that describes King Uzziah. Can we pray? O oh Lord, you who sit upon an exalted throne far above all the reign of man. We ask that you would help us. When you bless us for walking in your ways, help us realize that the blessing comes from you and not our own abilities. Help us not to get haughty over whatever power you may have put in our hands. Help us to stay in our lane and not covet a job, a, a ministry, a, a place that you've designated for another. Help us be both content and satisfied with the work you've called us to do. 
if we're rebuked for getting out of line, help us, help us stick a cork in the bottle of our emotions, lest they overflow and get us in real trouble. Help us that we don't let our blessings become a curse. Oh, God of glory, we, we know that you do all things well. Help us not to mess it up. We're broken and, and so limited in our perceptions. Oh, open our eyes to see enough of your plan that we can be content with your call in our lives. Be with us and help us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, Lord bless you. Good to be with you this evening. We will plan to join you in watching tomorrow night as we continue our study of the good, the bad, and the ugly. Lord bless you.